0: as we can we know it hasn't gone away we know there's still risks to manage and and people will be still affected by it but um yeah it's it's surprising how much that camaraderie between sort of squads and and a bit of banter between the lads really does help in what's been difficult time really certainly well thanks for your time matt and well done yesterday good start for you Thanks, Ray. Catch you soon. Shushu.
1: Thank you. Mate. Thank you. Right. Good to hear Claverton Road getting off to a good start. We've got stacks more to come on the show. We're live on the Facebook page after eight o'clock. We're going to be talking Pembrokeshire football and rugby goals as well. For Gareth Bale, of course. We've got a very talented young wheelchair basketballer joining us, and we'll reflect on the cricket season as well. That's all to come after the latest news at eight o'clock. This is Pure West Radio.
2: From Amroth to Ambleston for Pembrokeshire. From Pembrokeshire, this is Pure West Radio. Pure West Radio News.
3: I'm Charlie James, and here's the latest for Pembrokeshire. 260 new cases of the coronavirus have been recorded in the Heweldar Health Board area, according to yesterday's figures. Public Health Wales data showed there were 158 new cases in Carmarthenshire, 53 in Pembrokeshire and 28 in Ceredigion since the last report. In Pembrokeshire, 73.8% have received their first dose of the vaccine and 69.3% with their second dose. Kerou Castle was the sunshine setting for Sandy Bear Children's Bereavement Charity's first public event since the beginning of the pandemic. The castle was generously donated as a venue for the Family Fun Day event, which happened on August 29th, and a successful day was thoroughly enjoyed by families of Sandy Bear and members of the public. The day aimed to raise the profile of the Children's Bereavement Charity, as well as trying to raise vital funds for children's resources. Children, families and young people were able to take part in various various craft activities in the marquee donated by Valero whilst meeting the staff and volunteers of the charity. Pembrokeshire's emergency services and St John Ambulance Service attended the day to help educate the guests about their fantastic work that they do within the county. The charity coordinator, Hannah Underwood, said I'm really pleased with how the event went. This was the first ever fundraising event I have organised and it was great to see the smiles on everyone's faces. I would like to say a huge thank you to those who donated and who we worked with on the day. Transport for Wales is asking the public to take part in a survey that will help future transport planning following the Covid pandemic. The new survey covers a number of different aspects of public transport that have been impacted, including people's travel patterns, their future plans and how they would like to purchase and use tickets. As the TFW continue with their plans to transform transport across their network, they want to engage with the people they serve, gain insight and provide them with a platform where their thoughts can be heard, shared and acted on. This will help TFW shape their their major public transport schemes, including the modernisation of the Wales and Borders rail network and the three quarters of a billion pound transformation of the South Wales Metro, Michael Davies, TFW's Insight and Innovation Manager, said the world has changed dramatically as a result of the pandemic. The way we go about our daily lives, work, shop, travel and socialise has been affected by restrictions over the past 16 months. In Wales, public transport and, in particular, rail travel has been hit by an unprecedented drop in passenger numbers. We're now looking at the future of rail travel and would like to understand a bit more about how you're travelling now and might be in the near future. We're keen to understand which mode of transport you use for different purposes. To complete the survey, you can go online to www.smartsurvey.co.uk forward slash s forward slash q a n j k i. Plans for a lorry park in Pembroke Dock are back before councillors next week and it is still recommended for approval by officers. A number of objections were made when Certus Energy UK Limited's application of a HGV tanker park welfare facility and associated infrastructure on Criterion Way came before Pembrokeshire's planning committee last month. A decision was deferred until councillors could take a site visit which was due to have been held on September 1st. If approved, there would be space for 17 HGV oil tankers and 18 car parking spaces, along with a staff welfare building. A recommendation to allow delegated power to be granted to the Chief Planning Officer, David Popplewell, to approve the application following the resolution of ecological matters and subject to conditions is included in the report to committee on September 7th. I'm Charlie James and that's the latest for Pembrokeshire.
4: Well,
1: a very good evening. It is Monday night and welcome to the second half on Pure West Radio. What bumper first hour of the show that was as well. Loads of great guests and a real focus on local sport and Pembrokeshire (coughs) top work once again. And right now we are live on the Pure West Radio Facebook page and there is a lot to talk about between now and nine. We'll have a look at the opening weekend of action in the Pembrokeshire Football League. We'll get news from the Oggy Bridge Meadow Stadium. We're having for West score plenty of goals talking of goals Gareth Bale was back amongst them for Wales last night and what a pretty poor afternoon it's been for England's cricketers losing an exciting test match against India. Bill is chomping at the bit to give us his analysis of England's batting today and we've got some top guests on the show as well. Libby Phillips from Haverford West will talk to us about representing Wales at wheelchair basketball amongst other things and as we wind down the cricket season in Pembrokeshire, Richard Howell will join us to talk about the Ken Morris Cup and we'll get some thoughts from the guys on their favourite moments from the cricket season. So lots to come uh, between now and nine. Live on Facebook but you can get involved. Hashtag Pure West Sport to join the debate this evening in the studio in Haverford West. Fraser Watson,
0: how are you? Not too bad, Ben. Feeling a little fresher than you are, though. Congratulations. <laughs> you were on a good <laughs> half marathon effort yesterday. Thank you. New
1: PB for me yesterday. I'm a bit tired. Um, standing up after sitting down for a long period. Yeah, is easy today. it posted all over, the, uh, all
0: over social media, mate. Like, don't worry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Noted. Thank you, Gordon. How are you? And thank you, Fraser, for your good wishes as no, well. Wrong, Gordon, how are you?
5: I'm very good, Ben. And I'd like to wish you all the best on your <laughs> fantastic run of the weekend. I didn't realise it was on social media, Ben.
1: I'm very quiet about these things, Gordon, as you know. <laughs> and Bill, can't. Sorry, are we keeping you up?
6: No, no. Carry on. It's great. <laughs> how are you, Bill All right? I'm fine. Thank you very much. Yeah, I had a good weekend. Watched the West County play. Thrilled uh, at the sort of. Fight the run into the end of the uh, Paralympics. That was absolutely amazing. And watch a bit of cricket as well. As the company beat the South Wales Cricket Association easily. In Kilgetty under Sean and captaincy. Yes, and the cricket season pretty much done. well done. You did remarkably well, considering those little
1: legs. Yes, he almost sounded like he meant it there, didn't he, as well? Look at that. Yeah, Um, Cricket season is winding down in Pembrokeshire, and this weekend we saw football and rugby return, and I know you've all been busy and all all out and about, uh, watching plenty of action. Gordon, we got some great interviews from you in in the first hour looking at the rugby. It must have been good just to be able to take in some sport this weekend.
5: Yeah, definitely, it was lovely to be back at Pill Parks watching Leyland play Langham and uh, Leyland were telling us they didn't have enough numbers only a few, a few weeks ago but every man and his dog came out to play for the Blacks so it was, uh, it was good fun down there and it was a high scoring game uh, I popped up to see Arford West with card as well and that was another good game and uh, there was plenty of spectators enjoying the sunshine and the rugby
1: yeah, it's great to see. And, and we'll talk a lot, I know, about local rugby in the weeks to come as we, we head into September and October and into the autumn as well. Uh, let's just have a bit on the on the local football, though, shall we? And, and Fraser, there was uh, plenty of goals, five of them for, for good at United against Humbleton, five as well for Merlins Bridge away at Moncton Swift. So what were your thoughts on the, the opening weekend of the football season in Pembrokeshire?
0: We've outright haven't we really, um, Bridge, Goodig and Haken as the three runners for this, this title. And I wasn't remotely surprised by the Bridge and Goodig results, Hundertl newly promoted. Bridge playing a Moncton side which with Champions two seasons ago, but have lost a lot of personnel since then and I don't expect them to be in the running this time around. I was surprised by Haken being held at home by Kerry mind you know, you look at the way pre-season has gone and they've been by far the stronger in pre scene, had by far the better build up. They've had three cracking wins in the FAW trophy, and they get to the Pembrokeshire League, and they, they very nearly came unstuck 2 0 down, fought back late on. So that was a surprise result for me, and, and maybe a sign that we've underestimated Cairo a bit too. But what were
1: your thoughts on, on the opening weekend? As I say, ple- plenty of goals, but just good to see football back really in Pembrokeshire.
6: Yeah, there was an air of anticipation all the week. I'd spoken to a couple of the managers in the week, as I know Gordon had done. And, um You know, I wasn't surprised by Goodick. They're a strong side. They are well-balanced. They are key goal scorers as well. So that was good. But it's nice to see all five divisions up and running, Mm. people playing football, Ben, that's what counts. The the top division is only just a, a, a major part, albeit. But lovely to see so many people back playing football that's true and just looking
1: down the divisions that there were plenty of goals throughout oh, yeah. the membership <laughs> league there? I think highest goal scorers of the weekend down in division 3 uh scored 9 against Broadhaven seconds a 9-2 thriller that was where you needed to go uh, for the goals and Road seconds racked up 5 as well Lorenny at six past Goodick United seconds. Um Fraser, was there a worry, do you think, that if, if football hadn't restarted, teams would struggle to get back together. We've already seen some sides struggling for numbers, haven't we? So heartening to see plenty of games did take place this weekend.
0: Yeah, and perhaps, you know, maybe we've been guilty and maybe the media has on the whole of, of over focusing on the negative points here. You know, there, there is a positive aspect that can come out of all this. These people have been away for so long now from these sports. You know, maybe people realize they've underappreciated it. They've gone a couple they we've all in, in some respects lost a couple of years out of competing haven't we a time we can never get back and i think there is a chance of the opposite effect what we're all worried about and hopefully we're seeing that now that the people have generally missed or they haven't even had a chance to play and now they will come back a little bit reinvigorated and, and we hope that's the case with football and rugby as well and the early signs have been good one or two football sides who couldn't raise a side saturday that has to be said but overall the, it's, it's been a good start back Excellent, we'll look
1: forward to talking about the, the news in the Pembrokeshire Football Leagues on the show. Every Monday we will have coverage of that and thoughts from the team as well. Uh, what about onto the Bridge Meadow, the Oggy Bridge Meadow Stadium? Uh, a, a bumper win again for Haverford West County. Gordon, that will have boosted confidence?
5: Oh, definitely. I, I know that um, uh, Breck and Corrie's were a lower division side, but you still have to uh, play what's in front of you. And Bill was there to witness the six goals on Saturday, so he could tell you a little bit more about it than what I can and and did a top job interviewing
6: the experts talking about the game they haven't been (laughs) at I was only there watching I'm
1: sorry and and I was about to say did a top job interviewing Wayne Jones uh, and Gary Richards after the game Bill so well done Uh, plenty plenty of goals though and a a good win what was the mood like amongst the Haberfield West players and management after the game
6: very positive I mean to be fair to Greg and Corries, they're playing four they're in tier four and they, they defended well, they could have lost 10-0, they had one shot which was off target and that was about it. But you have to say, Hamford West played some nice football, they were pleasing signs for me, I thought Alaric Jones and um, Elliot Scotcher were strong at the back, um, Wojciech Gaider didn't have a save to make. Uh, in midfield, I was impressed by Ricky Watts, who the boys will know played in defence all last season, he can play anyway. if his. One touch was as good as his effort. By God, he'd be some player, but he's a good player anyway. And in front, Ben Fawcett and Jack Wilson were um, just too strong. Wilson scored the first goal, nice little touch. He was too fast for both, win- both full-backs, and he tormented them. But they were other good performances as well. The new centre-forwards, um, Toure, he played quite well. He, he needs to score some goals. I think he's lacking in confidence, but it's a good good performance. How about Jones this, was then? delighted i
1: tell you what, we're going to get to hear a bit more from Wayne Jones and quite a few people at Haverford West County. Uh, let's get some reaction to this, that the club have announced that they're in partnership with Ryan Evans and Towie Vision Films and they're going to produce an all-or-nothing style mini-series following the fortunes of Haverford West County on and off the pitch. Ryan and his team will follow the club across Wales, as well as showcasing all the work done throughout the Stadium Academy and community. I love a behind-the-scenes football documentary, so I'm quite looking forward to that. Uh, Fraser, innovative idea.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure it's going to rival the last dance, if I'm, if I'm going to be brutally honest. Um, look, <laughs> there's, there's been a bit of an obsession with these fly on the wall documentaries from professional football clubs in recent times, All or Nothing, which aren't actually fly on the wall. You know, the, the coverage is very doctored, you don't really get the insight. We spoke before one of our earlier shows, didn't we, about the great documentaries and how Living with the Lions in 97 really did stand alone. The last one, which really gave No Holds Barred full insight. I t- I'm not convinced by this idea, I'll be honest. I think the rest have made great strides to <laughs> try and engage with the local community, haven't they? You know, that hasn't <laughs> always been behind them in recent times. <laughs> i have made progress with that. But I think this, you know, you can lose focus sometimes on what you're going for, you know. And this is a club, remember, they won on Saturday, they should have done against a lower league time. They got one point from four games. You know, if you want to start engaging with the community and progressing, win football matches. That's the first thing they've got to do. they spent a lot of money. They've been very vociferous about targeting top six. I'd be focusing on that before I was focusing on having a guy with a camera following me around, to be honest.
1: True. It it could be a distraction. I I, I do enjoy the the documentaries. I think there there, have been a few. The the Manchester City one was very contrived. Mm. The Sunderland Till I Die was fantastic, and I'd recommend that. Uh, Gordon, we're going to see you loitering near the cameraman to get get filmed (laughs) next time you're down at the Bridge Meadow. Mm. I can see that.
5: No, I won't be anywhere near the camera, nor will Bill. Uh, we leave what they call themselves, the professionals, to do that.
1: <laughs> it's an interesting idea. I, I think let, let's see how that transpires, but that's one to, to keep an eye out for. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, Libby Phillips very soon, um, talking about representing Wales at wheelchair basketball and, and so much more. Uh, we should get some views, though, on the test match today. Uh, it was all set to be a, a really, well, it has been a really exciting test match. So there's no doubt about it. England went into today needing to. To get a, a almost a record score, chasing three six, eight, I think, to, to win the game. I'm going to let Bill go first. Um, what, what did you make of today, Bill?
6: Very disappointing, and you know what I think. The openers take the major bulk of the blame 55 runs this morning. Those blighters scored, they failed in the first innings. You can't chase, you know, they are 77 for naught. Good start. But you can't chase nearly 280 by scoring 55 in the first two hours. It puts pressure on the other batsmen. Stupid run out then with uh, Hamid and uh, Milan. And from there, my God, was it a... You know, every ball seemed as if it was a grenade by the way Uh, they... Bumrah
1: bowled well, though, didn't he? Uh, Of course he
6: did. but But they're test players, Ben. Bumrah is a test player. They, they, to get all 10 wickets yesterday and the day before they were saying the track was brilliant it was brilliant this morning according to Rob Key you cannot lose 10 wickets in a test like that and not expect to lose I don't know something about, just a no, I, uh,
1: for me they didn't get enough runs in the first day. it's as simple as that the leader 99 didn't look enough on paper anyway and it, it soon didn't count for anything uh, Fraser realistically were, were England ever going to chase 3 six, 8 and, and surely the key today was making sure that they didn't lose the game
0: it was a possibility because of the players they had who come in with them and you can play at that tempo, like your Rupert, your and your Pope. But for me, I think it's pretty too much too easy to focus on England's batting today and pinpoint that where they lost a test match. For me, you know, we talk about their formidable bowling attack and batting letting them down, but for me, we've twice left the Indian tail off the hook now. And in fact, in the, in the test we lost at yeah. Lords, in that first innings, I believe, they left the tail off the hook as well. And f- for all. Yeah, the spice of England's bowling attack and the variety, and Anderson's Anderson still going, and Robinson's come in and then are great, of course. They haven't seized key moments, uh, and now we're looking at the two Test matches that they've lost. In three innings of those Test matches, they've left a very in a very weak Indian tail get away from them. You know, 130 for seven, they let them scramble up to 191. Yesterday, they all they almost turned, but right. a gettable run chase into mission impossible. So yeah, you know, you can look at the batsmen today. You can look at India's. For middle bowling performance today however you want to see it but I don't think England bowlers get away scot-free from this test to be honest did you see England winning today Gordon
5: no I didn't see them winning but obviously the pressure got to the guys I mean they should have been able to hold up for a draw comfortably Uh, that's what really gets to me they are test players uh, and they should be able to it was a good batting track as well at the Oval to be fair and they just yeah. crumbled they absolutely crumbled I didn't watch it, I just caught the highlights on uh, my phone to be honest with you but uh, I thought England would have definitely just held out for a draw today and uh, you got the last test then where they, they, it would have been all to play for now mm. England got to win that last test just to draw the, the series
1: The carrot was angled wasn't it of, mm. of trying to go for the runs, I'm not sure if they if they ever did really mm. uh, the Bills point of 55 runs in a, in a session suggests they weren't really going for it and then just got a bit scrambled and then lost wickets mm. through the afternoon but disappointing no, no doubt about it so uh, give us your thoughts on that if you followed the test match uh, we will take a moment we've got to talk about Gareth Bale's hat trick we're going to talk to Libby Phillips as well and Richard Howells will come on to talk about the Ken Morris cricket and we want your thoughts on your favourite cricketing moments in the Pembroke season as well so we'll do that in a few moments time we'll take a moment now though coming up to 20 past eight it's pure west sport
5: introducing my pems the online marketplace for independent sellers in pembrokeshire looking to take the hassle out of marketing and selling your products online want to reach new audiences or customers whilst being part of a bigger community of local businesses and retailers
6: At OC Davis Roundabout Garage Nayland, we like to keep it simple. Offering you service plans from just under £10 a month. From affordable used cars to 0% finance, not to mention nil advance payment on the mobility scheme. You can guarantee you'll get more for your money. Put the pedal to the metal and get the most out of your
0: motor. Call 01646 or go online to ocdavis.com. Ah, enemy ahead. Fire. Oh, where? I can't see them. Right there. Fire.
7: Trust you up in lies and you're left naked with the truth You through your
1: Pink on Pure West Radio for Monday evening. is Pure West Sport with G&G Builders. More at PembrokeshireBuilders.co.uk. Uh, give us your thoughts on some of the things you kicked the show off talking about. Have you played football for a Pembrokeshire side over the weekend or any thoughts on the cricket England's demise against India this afternoon? Let us know. Uh, but we've got a really special guest to talk to now who's fresh from representing Wales this weekend as well. Bill, are you going to introduce our guest Yeah, it'd be
6: a pleasure. I first met this young lady when she was about 11 and was playing rugby with uh, other people in wheelchairs, five, six years older than her, and being captain and being representative for the Ospreys on uh, the main committee for people with wheelchairs. She's one of the best all-round sports people in her own right that I know. And it's lovely to have you on, Libby Phillips. And... uh, it's nice to see you looking so fit and well, as usual. You had a good weekend then. Tell us a bit about your three-a-side basketball. Because we're all fogies, most of us. We don't know much about it.
8: Um, So three-on-three three is basically just like a smaller, more intense version of basketball, kind of with like the transition bit cut out. So it's like a tight change from offence to defence. So you're constantly moving rather than just coasting around the court. So, Yeah.
6: But only one net, which I found a bit hard to sort of appreciate. You both shoot in the same net?
8: Yeah, yeah. So we have, like, if you imagine half the court and to start a new play, instead of taking it out and then go into your own net, it's more just coming around the edge and then starting an offence where you just were defending. So it sounds really, really confusing and it is confusing. Um, But it's fun. I really enjoyed it.
6: You must have had some light moments when things we were getting totally mixed up, yeah?
8: Yeah, we. um I think it was like little things, like we weren't clearing the court, or you know, passing it out far enough. So we did have to have a couple of meetings with officials just to kind of <laughs> clear it up. And they were like, "Guys, no, we need to we need to stop because this is wasting our time now."
1: And <laughs> um, the, yeah. the weekend Bill referring to there, Libby, you were you were representing Wales. It's the UK School Games, wasn't it, at Loughborough University? Yeah. So. Tell us about it. Tell us what what the experience was like and and, and how the weekend shaped up for you and the team.
8: So it was a bit weird to start with. The idea of the whole thing was a bit weird for all of us, I think, uh, because there was no spectators. Mm. So we weren't able to have family or friends there. So we all kind of were picked up on buses in our teams and kind of dropped off in the campus. Um, It was it was really nice. The facilities were amazing there but uh we the first two days we just played our pools, we just it was quite calm for us, we just wanted to get as many wins in as we could to secure places in semis um and then last day, which was Sunday yesterday, that was um placing games, so that was a really, really intense day for us, all of us. Um, and we were able to come back with a bronze. So that's great.
5: Congratulations. Excellent. What, yeah, great stuff. What countries were taking part then, Libby? Can you name some of the countries taking part? And and who did you beat along the way?
8: <laughs> um, because normally it would be wheelchair basketball, so that's 12 on a team.
4: Yeah,
8: uh, They had to split up into, like, multiple teams per country for some of us. Right. So for us, there was just one Wales team, girls and boys, and that was split, and then we had uh, two Scotland's for the boys, and then multiple England's. So it looked as if the whole thing was taken over by England, and everyone was out to get Wales. But um, <laughs> but yeah, there were loads and loads of uh, you know, southeast, northwest, all these. So
0: oh, great stuff. Fra- Let's bring in Fraser. Yeah, Libby, on, on a wider scale now, obviously you're heavily involved in wheelchair basketball, wheelchair rugby and other sports. We've just had the Paralympics, which, despite no fans, obviously had more coverage than ever before. It's now accessible. Channel 4 had so many events live, successful awesome. online live as well. And, of course, Paralympics GB don't doing so well as well. Can that only serve to help... You know, sports like yours and, and sports at a more lo- disability sport at a more localised level. These are all now in the public domain. The public are more familiar with these athletes and their achievements and have a better understanding of the sports involved as well.
8: Um, yeah, I think I, I was loving the Paralympics, getting into it, because I think a big thing with the Paralympics is understanding how not everyone is the same type of disabled.
4: Yeah.
5: You
8: know, yeah, like if you're so. in a chair... It's not always sure. like I can walk, but I use my chair full time. Sure. So I think a big thing with Paralympic sport and disabled sport in general is to, you know, understand that we all have different challenges and we can all do different things. And one of those, you know, is sport. And we do want to do sport. So I think the Paralympics and the coverage and things like the last leg and the fact that we can joke about, you know, disability, it's not always this strict subject, has been really helpful this year, especially
0: and you think, just referring to what you're talking to there, obviously when you know, have a Paralympics, you have several different classifications for one event, can't you? <laughs> Do you think now mm-hmm. you know that this is being explained to viewers and, and there is this clarification, that it it helps people resonate with it more, and it can only serve to help people follow the sport more and get involved themselves, you know, whether it be from competing or an admin point of view.
8: Definitely, yeah. I think in basketball, wheelchair basketball, we have less classifications than you would maybe mm. in athletics or swimming because we only have one to five mm. so you know you have five which is completely able-bodied you can play but all those points then are added up to a maximum of a certain level for a team so you're not likely to put an able-bodied player on because they take up so much of your points okay but Things like swimming and stuff, you have so many different classifications and you look at yeah, the yeah. the swimmers mm-hmm. who are actually swimming and you think, How is that matched up? you know?
4: Yeah,
8: yeah. Um sure. so I find it really interesting, learning about classifications and things like that.
6: Bill. Yeah, Liv, I gotta take you back because the first time we met, then Libby I think it was eleven or twelve, and I asked if I could interview her at the Sports <laughs> Awards, which she did mm. so well at yeah, you got loads of trophies there. And I said, mum or dad, would you want to come and talk to me? And she said, no, I don't either. I'm on my own. And she did not <laughs> let them come. But that was that was so funny. And, and it shows what an assured young lady she is. And Lib, I remember you in one of the tasters for people with disability in Alford West, where you were the in like in, in rugby, wheelchair rugby then. And in the opposing team, do you remember who you skinned there? Can you remember? Because he said that girl skinned me there. Can you remember that? It was Rob yeah. Evans. <laughs> and Rob was in a wheelchair, Welsh international rugby player, and she went past him as if he wasn't there. And she just turned to her in the crowd and said, that girl skinned me Then She could have skinned
0: yeah. him without the wheelchair he was in. Yeah.
6: <laughs> but I mean, you see you see, as well as your play, you a very important role as an ambassador yeah. for, for wheelchair yeah. sport, don't you?
8: Yeah, I think... I think it's it's important to, you know, in, involve younger players as well, because as I was growing up, I was lucky to have rugby and basketball and all these disability sports, so I was surrounded by people who had similar disabilities to me, who were also older, and I could look up to them and see them as role models, and I didn't have to conform to a certain thing. Um, but I think it's really important to involve younger kids in sport, because it really does help with you know accepting your disability and not only that but like every other child just you know keeping fit and mental health so yeah
1: what's your which one do you prefer Libby um we've spoken about wheelchair rugby and and wheelchair basketball different games which is your which is your favorite one
8: um, I don't play rugby as much as I used to now, just because basketball has completely taken over my life.
1: <laughs> I, and at the Paralympics, wheelchair basketball, I think, it captured the imagination, didn't it? That was a that sport people yeah. were talking about. It's fantastic.
8: Wheelchair basketball is just so, it's hard, you know, it's just so quick and it's so, like, it's supposed to be non-contact but it's really, it's really not. <laughs> um, but no, I, I definitely, I love basketball and playing the new format of 3x3 has been really interesting for us all, but I think we're all just excited to get back to to proper basketball just because it's familiar for
1: us <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was trialed at the olympics as well wasn't it both, yeah. both the olympics and yeah. the paralympics
4: Yeah,
1: and it was it, it it's kind of a mixed reviews in in both really mm. but i, I think I'm, I'm all for doing that at the olympic games trying different versions of the games because it, when i say capture the imagination the the interest levels it generates people get the view on it and like watching something yeah. a bit different, don't they
5: yeah definitely yeah <laughs> definitely yeah
6: yeah. Can I ask Liv it's still ambition to be in the Paralympics That's something? Because yes. as well, Ben, she's also a wheelchair racer as well.
8: <laughs> yeah, I know. I know what I have. Thinking about it now. I've tried it all. I've had a go at it all, really, <laughs> haven't I? But um, no, Paralympics, definitely. The Commonwealth Games is next year. Um, that's mm. going to be three by three instead of wheelchair basketball. So um, selection starts around December. But that's, that's we're in the final final six for that so that's looking exciting for for us in wales but um yeah paralympics
1: is the ultimate goal for me yeah what what would it mean to you um libby to to represent wales at at commonwealth games in particular we we, we've spoken to all sorts of athletes on this show already haven't we and and the pride that the chance to represent wales in a commonwealth games is something quite special isn't it what would it what would it mean to you
8: that, that's exactly right. We were talking about this this weekend because there were quite a few GB players, their mentors and stuff, and we yeah. were chatting with them. We were saying there's something... It's, it it must be amazing, you know, to represent GB. That is huge honour. But I think representing Wales is this whole different... You know, it's So it's so proud... You know, you've got so much pride in representing your country. Yeah. You know, it would just... I think representing Wales is always such an honour for me and always, like am um, I doing it? You know, it's one of those moments where you're like, am I doing this? I
1: think Gordon, yeah. Ben and Fraser would agree. When we've asked this question to people, you, you get the same like tone of voice, don't you? And the look in the eyes. The, the thought of representing Wales really does mean something mm-hmm. because it's something that comes about through the Commonwealth Games. So I think it's brilliant. Fraser, you were going to come in.
0: Yeah, I was doing. I pass you to guess guess whether you have the dilemma now, which all you annoyingly multi skilled, talented athletes have on that is <laughs> You know, you, you said you've tried it all there. You've done racing. You've obviously excelled in basketball, excelled in rugby. You have these goals to reach Commonwealth Games and hopefully a Paralympics game after that. Do you think it has to become a case of you st- streamlining the interest of it and, and focusing on one sport uh, and trying to get there in that?
8: Yeah, I think recently it has become just kind of focusing on basketball and, mm. you know, finishing racing and finishing rugby and just completely focusing on the basketball because that was what I wanted to do. Mm. You know, that was something that I just want hundred percent focus on. But I just, I think those other, the other sports rugby and racing really, really helped me sure. in progressing through basketball, you know, with speed or, you know, like the confidence that it brought me. Um, but yeah, no basketball
6: all the way.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Go on. Last word from you, Bill.
6: Yeah, we, we were talking, you've got to the television with the, um, the Paralympics. Two questions. First of all, tell the truth. How long were you watching the Paralympics each day? <laughs> Do
8: you know what? I, re- I really enjoyed it. Like, it was my so yeah. I don't think I left my house
4: for so <laughs> long
8: because of the Paralympics. Just all yeah. these different sports, like like all these different for so visually impaired people and like table tennis. It was crazy. I didn't even know it existed. Mm. Amazing. And-
6: I just want you to know I wasn't offended because when I phoned up to ask if she'd come on, <laughs> Mum Jo said I said, Can I speak to her a minute? She said no, she's sorry, she can't. She's watching the basketball on the television. <laughs> but I'm That's not yeah. <laughs> saying that this time.
1: <laughs> Don't worry, Libby, we've 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 all made excuses not to talk to Bill <laughs> when he phones. That's absolutely fine. <laughs> well listen it's an absolute pleasure to talk to you and yeah. you are yeah. an absolute inspiration um libby so keep up the brilliant work and when you do get picked for the commonwealth games will you come back on and tell us hopefully
8: yeah
1: thank <laughs> you no, no definitely, libby, definitely.
6: Yeah, definitely.
1: <laughs> keep up Good the great start.
6: work yeah thank top stuff you.
1: thank yeah. you very much for talking to us thank you libby. Uh, we will take a moment, and then we will talk to Richard Howell. We'll round off the cricket season. We'll talk about Gareth Bale's goals as well, and get some of the thoughts from Bill Gordon and Fraser about their favourite cricketing moments from the season just gone in Pembroke. We'll do that next. Nearly twenty to nine. It's pure West sport.
2: is best on QS Radio we can remember swimming in December heading for the city lights 975 mirrors and falls away
1: Monday evening and it's pure west for pure west radio of course and this is where you'll find us every Monday between seven and nine Bill how good was it to talk uh, to Libby Phillips I thought she was an excellent she's a real inspiration and a proper character isn't she
6: inspirational is the right word then she has been like that since she was 11 or 12 she is so determined so focused and a lovely person as well she's got bags of personality and she's a winner
1: oh she is and it's great to hear about her ambition to represent Wales and, and Team GB beyond that so definitely want to keep an eye out for making a real impact in her sport and, and wheelchair basketball it is a sport that captured the imagination of the Paralympics and you get the feeling she really loves it as well so good to hear from someone with a, a real passion for their sport yeah. um, in the first hour Fraser we featured a charity cricket match that's on this Sunday we've had a message about this from Nick as well uh, this Sunday at Pembroke Dock cricket Club, all in aid of mental health and Callum Jones, who's recovering from serious neck injuries. We, we featured that, didn't we, in the, in the first hour
0: of the show this evening. Yes, yeah, and a very, very good cause there for that on Sunday. Um, the Pembroke Dogwood know, something similar last year. as a thank you to NHS. It's going again this year. And it'll probably be a big occasion down there as well. Weather set fair and raise a lot of money for cricket or poignant things.
1: Good stuff. Well, if you ever want us to, to feature a charity event like that or a charity sporting match, do you get in touch through the Facebook page or drop us an email. It's sport at purewestradio.com. And Fraser, we're sticking with cricket right now, aren't we, with our with our next guest you're going to introduce for us?
0: Yes, well, we have just mentioned cricket um, cricket coming on Sunday, but obviously the Pembrokeshire League and Cup season has now drawn to a close and, and we've got one of the most recognisable faces in local cricket, and that, that's Richard Howell. Firstly, Richard, a great job again organising the Ken Morris Cup. Superb work. So many games on, so many teams embracing, and, and a new winner this year. You must be delighted with how it all went.
9: Oh, definitely uh, another successful season for the boys, and uh, more successful because it was one the home the home club actually won it. So I
0: mean, uh, the home club so, won it, I noticed, but with Lanscar Nomads, it was the most interesting dress I'd ever seen at a final. <laughs>
9: <laughs> Ollie Cook uh, and Giz Morgan, the captain, they really put. Uh, an effort into uh, turning up the smartest ever I think <laughs> and,
0: uh, and finally from me Rich from an obviously Narwhith point of view you had plenty of playing action yourself with the seconds that they kept their place in Division 3 and the first as well back in Division 1 and consolidated their promotion were quite comfortable really in doing so weren't they well
9: we were very happy with the season how it uh, turned out first had an incredible season uh, finishing fifth a uh, lot four games abandoned and the seconds stayed up just but uh, we were pleased to stay up uh, at the start of the season i was worried with the new format winning and lose we have been the draw specialists over the yeah. last couple of seasons
0: have been there trying
5: to get you lot out uh, talking about draws then Rich have you enjoyed the new format you did say that you are the draw spe- specialist so what was it like to go out and try and win a game of cricket on a saturday
9: <laughs> <laughs> well, I did have a chance to win a game uh, by batting, but uh, yeah, our first team were over the moon of the rules. They haven't drawn a match in the last three years, so they were happy with the new rules. I sold fogies in the seconds. We like to play the hard work. I still don't know
1: just just before you come in Bill just on, on that format change we, we've covered it a few times on the show actually what, what do you think that's been a positive change Richard because there, there's some, some school of thought that sometimes if you do get a draw uh, actually you earn the right to get a draw and it's sometimes not a bad result and England could have got one against India today wouldn't have been a bad result would
9: it has it been a positive change? Oh definitely positive it's, it's getting the youngsters involved a little bit more as well mm-hmm. and I think the point system isn't quite right because you can win a game and lose a game, and there's only nine points difference in it. I don't think that's quite right yet. I think a win should be worth a few more points. That's the only thing I can say. Yeah, maybe it's something that will continue to get uh,
1: refined. Come on, Bill.
6: Yeah, let's come back to Ken Morris, which is where you're on. It's lovely to say well done again, because every year it's a huge success. And we must remember that Rian, your wife, is a key component in the success along with your mum and dad and in the end Rich i got to say it's the tournament that people seem to be the keenest to play in because almost every game they showed a round robin almost every game other than one in the last week of the season were all played in a very congested fixture list and that's down to you but you must be delighted with that
9: Alright oh, well this, there's 10 teams entered to start of the season we had two new teams we had Lechard and Pembroke joined us, uh, a development team. So uh, two, there was at least four games in the group stages for every team, and this year, for the first year, for a long time, we had a semi-final. And uh, the winners of each group uh, played the runners-up. And lo and behold, the first game of the group stages, Narbeth played the Nomads. And that was the last game as well. But um, Criseli and Narbeth were the only teams to win all their games to get to the top of the group, and unfortunately, Crusaders were very unlucky uh, due to rain. They um, that was the only game that was abandoned during the whole competition, and I think they probably would have won the semi-final if it wasn't for the the rain. And in the the rearranged game, the Nomads won comfortably. But uh, yeah, it's been a major success again. 22 games. All in
1: all. Brilliant. That's top stuff. Fraser, Are you going to
0: come in? Oh, no, it wasn't actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I really had your arm up. Uh, I think Bill had the question, actually, I think. So go for it, Bill.
6: Yeah, I just wanted to, to uh, as well, to acknowledge, because we've been involved in this for a long time, and we? The family support in providing the most excellent trophies, I think, that are to be found in Pembrokeshire. And, uh, you know, lovely rewards with... Uh, with other things as well, you really do seek to make it a, a tournament that people want to compete, don't they? Uh,
9: yeah, because um, a lot of people rather play in this than their alecoli, mm. which is not quite right. <laughs> but um, we had no. But shouldn't it shouldn't be like that? But I have a lot of pride in the competition. Mm. I've done now for 15 years and I will carry on doing it for well, memory of Ken and the boys Richard Paul and Greg who I played cricket with uh, in the past and it's something that the club has taken on I've had full backing from the committee and they all help out on match days it's uh, something that we do take a lot of pride in as an the cricket club
1: That's really good and Keep up the good work and, and well done for organising another excellent tournament. In fact, I'm going to ask you, Richard, just to stay with us for a bit longer because we thought we'd, uh, we'd get the, the guys to name their favourite cricketing moments from the, the cricket season just gone. And I'm sure, I won't put you straight on the spot to start with, you can have a think, but I, I'm sure you've got one or two you, you, you could drop in. So uh, it's, it's been an exciting season. It went right down to the wire in Division 1. We also saw Nayland have a a really good run in the National Village Cup. Who, who wants to kick off? I, I've got a feeling I know what Fraser's personal highlight of the cricketing season would be. So I'm just I'm, I'm intrigued to see whether he, he'll name that. Let's go to Gordon first then with, with, his, with his arm up. Oh,
5: cricketing that's, highlight. That's why you came to me first, was it? Well, the yeah, highlight was, <laughs> Bill and I were at the last game of the season with Lorelli playing Nayland. And Nayland were bowled out for 140-odd runs. And it was all gloom and doom. And... All of a sudden it all changed. The pressure were on Loreny and Nayland uh, took the the bull by the horns and they deservedly skittled out uh, to Loreny to win the, the title and they'd had a tough couple of weeks prior to that so it was true character to come through and win the title, retain the title.
1: It was a dramatic finish as well you couldn't finish, really, yeah. you, you couldn't really have scripted it, I think no. uh, quite a few people thought it was gone as well, including exactly. yourself and Bill I would have thought at one point thought I, it was exactly, gone for Exactly,
5: but fair play to Nayland, uh, they battled away and they got their just rewards.
1: Okay, Bill, how about you, cricketing well, highlight?
6: Gordon's right, Gordon's right with that because a week or two weeks before that they've mm. been the identical scores, about 135, 140, Nayland got that and Lorraine got it for two. So that was a big game. I, I, as a former Pembroke Dock player, I'm delighted to see the doctor mm-hmm. finally made it back into the First Division yeah. after 60 years. The last time they played there, they were Britannia Cricket Club, Britannia being a, a small area of Pembroke Dock, and they played on concrete. So it's a huge time for them. I, they're going to find it hard in the First Division, but it's lovely for them. It's the same with Clan Ryan going back up into Division 2. They're big challenges. But on an individual basis, I've got no doubts. Patrick uh, Bellaby's 130-something not out in the Harris Mall. Spoiled minutes. the game. He spoiled the game. <laughs> it was a very special performance. To hit 114 in boundaries and he's got an air of nonchalance about him that makes it look as if it's a piece of cake yeah. <laughs> and that, that finished the game off to be yeah. 134 <laughs> and behind to feel sorry for Cairo but Paddy Bellaby will be the other in.
0: Fraser yourself what would I mean, be your crickety highlight I would say is Richard's touch upon actually managing to bowl his lot out in Narva so stubborn <laughs> yeah. we, we know we've got Ted Wickers getting for a few years but no I'm going to put personal bias aside Ben I think for me, the most standout moment was, was actually a relegation battle, and we saw what went down to the final day with St Ishmael's and Whitland, and we were actually in, in Crisselli on that day, so we were getting updates what was happening there, they were playing in Whitland, and you know, I, I've been relegated and I've survived on the final day in Pembroke Cricket, it's a horrible thing, and you're wondering what's going on elsewhere, and for that battle to go down to the very last... Ball. practically the very last ball, ball of the season, yeah. you know, and still survival to be in the balance yeah. of both those two teams. And you know, my heart sank for Whitland as well, you know, Priscelli scrambling a, a quick single to get it. And and then of course you're pleased for Tish. But the they're two clubs who've been integral to division integral to Division One and Pembroke cricket for so long now and, and it's strange to see one of them go down. But for me to see so we talk about things going to the wire, that was something which really did go to the wire and then it was just a standout dramatic moment, and it summed up, you know, <laughs> summed up the, the glory and, and, and despair. I suppose you can have in sport sometimes. Oh,
1: great! It's good to reflect on the season. What about you, Richard? Have you got a, a highlight from the summer? Would it be a Narbeth one or, or something more general?
9: Um, reaching the uh, Ormond Cup final, mm-hmm. uh, beating our neighbours Whitlands on the very last ball. Uh, Will Nicholas, our captain, held his nerve, and we wanted one or two off the last ball, and we scrambled. No, there's actually one run. One run to win, and we we got a, got off the last ball of the game to get to the final. So it was brilliant. Well done to Phil Nicholas, our
1: captain. Good stuff, and and great to reflect on it as well. Another cricket season done. We'll, we'll be back with loads more coverage of it next season. I think between the three guys with me as well, Bill Gordon and Fraser, they've done a, a top job covering it on Pure West Radio and Pembrokeshsport.co.uk as well. Um, Richard, listen, thank you for your time. Um, well done on A, a great job organising the, the Ken Lawrence yeah. Cup, and, and, and thank you for, for being with us to, to talk about it this evening. Thanks for joining us on Pure West Sport.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Excellent stuff. Well, I'm sure we'll be talking to Richard again. Um, a shame to say goodbye to the cricket season, but as that goes, football and rugby to come, and we'll have loads more cricket again next season. Uh, talking football to finish off. Gareth Bale did well last night for Wales, didn't he? Hat trick. Gordon,
5: excellent. Fair play. Wales didn't play very well. Let's be honest. But uh, <laughs> Bale scored two penalties and he scrambled home a win- winner. Thanks for the goalkeeper throwing it in the net. Fair play. And, and- Fraser
1: it in normal time. Would that have been a game you would have been at? An away game for Wales in in Belarus, wasn't it
0: last night? I, I don't think I would have gone out there, no, especially if they relocated <laughs> to Moscow. But a crucial, win, <laughs> a crucial win really in the context of qualifying. I think they need to get second to get a playoff. It looks like it'll be a one-legged playoff at home if they do finish second. So yeah, massive win and a difficult circumstances really with the, the players out. They had. But, Bill, you can't fault him, can you?
1: Gareth Bale turns up, does the job for Wales, always gives 100%. Still a top player.
6: Yeah, I think he does. I think he plays with pride for uh, Wales. You know, it's no secret. He's not my favourite player. I can't see how anyone can be worth 500 grand a week. And I don't think he is at all. I think he plays a lot of the time for himself. But, uh, the <laughs> performance, 3-2. Can't fault it. Two penalties. Mind I, just scored a half-trick there because... <laughs> Anyone should, should be able to take a penalty. Were you a penalty taker, Bill, back in yeah. the day? Yeah. Were you? Yeah. 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 In yeah. fact, okay. I mustn't bore you, but in the cup finals, <laughs> the senior cup final, it was always a tradition. I took best of five penalties against the goalies on both sides before the start. And I very rarely. How <laughs> to make me. yourself. I'll, I bet you're popular in both dresses. <laughs> <games, but laughs> sometimes, sometimes in my green Wellington groups. ok
1: Okay. There's an, image to, there's an image to finish <laughs> the show. Uh, well, listen, um, we'll, we'll be talking, I'm sure, again next week about, the, about football, and, and we need to give some attention on, on the rugby as well. We, we mentioned, Gordon, Ooh. you were out and about um, over the weekend. Great to see clubs back in action again, getting people watching the game in the county. That's the, another real positive, isn't it, from the weekend? Oh, yeah,
6: now it's seventeen, nineteen. Well done to them, too.
1: Yeah, good stuff, and we'll have plenty more of that um, as the, the season goes on, no, no doubt about it, um, because, yeah, great great to see. And I think, again, we, we worried at one point, Fraser, didn't we, about the, the need to get rugby back going in the county. The fact it has returned is, is good news, isn't it? A, a real welcome return.
0: Yeah, and it's up and running, and it's out, up to the players and the clubs involved now. The ball's in their court, you know, it is back up, and it's up to them to keep it going, really.
5: Uh, It was good to see the crowds out at the the weekend as well. It was, you know, the sun was shining, as I said earlier. And people were back in their droves to watch the game.
1: Uh, was, it, was it a nice atmosphere around the grounds, Gordon?
5: Mm-hmm. There was lovely atmosphere, uh, both at Pill Parks and uh, at Merlin's Bridge. Uh, you know, there was a lot of people familiarising themselves with each other who hadn't seen each other for a couple of years. And it, it was lovely, actually, and uh, they were all reminiscing about the good old days and uh, enjoying the occasion. Uh, well, let's hope let's hope that continues rest
0: to have an old boys day as well. Do you think
5: they did have an old boys day <laughs> at Half West. There was a lot of old boys there as well.
0: <laughs> oh, good
1: stuff! And and Fraser, well done to you as well for not picking Slam Ryan's success. <laughs> As your favourite cricket moment of the season. We all know it was. Well, it you, was, you, yes, yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to be
0: modest. <laughs> good,
1: good. good stuff. Well, listen, enjoyed it again this evening. Well done as well on a, a brilliant first hour. Make sure you're listening from seven every week because uh, the three of them are doing some brilliant interviews covering Pembrokeshire sport in an absolutely fantastic way. So make sure you tune into that first hour as well. We will see you next week. Have a good week, Fraser, Gordon, Bill. Ronnie J is on the way after the news at nine on Pure West Radio.
2: From Brimberian to Boschestown for Pembroke.